Hey everybody, you're listening to the 80th episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on Alita Battle Angel. Wanna ring the bell? Alright. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And today we are talking Alita Battle Angel, which you literally just got out of the theater watching, right? Right. I, I left and went to Walmart, got dog food, and came home. So I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I am, uh, I'm limited prep time, so forgive me. Yeah, but you could you could make the argument that it's maximum prep time, right? Well, I haven't had time for it to to marinate just yet, but I'm but I'm here and I'm ready. Yeah, but at least we're not in that weird zone where it's been a few days and maybe quite hasn't fully marinated. I mean, I, I think my preference would be either give it a lot of time to soak in or let me talk about it right when I get out of the theater. So I, if I had to choose, I'd rather have yours coming right out of the theater than than mine a couple of days old now. See, I think a couple of days is is ideal. When uh, we talk about like Aquaman, we did like a month later, and that was no good. You just start forgetting some scenes, you know, that that you liked or didn't like if you didn't jot them down right away. Yeah, Aquaman was was excessive, but I also sometimes have just some miserable short term memory anymore because if it's not on my phone, I don't remember it. And even two days away from this movie, uh, it doesn't help that I I wasn't the biggest fan of the movie, but things just kind of float out of my head. So. Um, ideally I would be able to fire up an app on my phone and we could just podcast like immediately after I walk out of the theater and I could just brain dump everything into an episode. So I'm, <laughs> I'm a little envious of you and I think you'll be able to help correct me on a few things, um, where I just, my mind wandered off during this movie. So I'm glad it's fresh in your head. Okay. We're ready. Let's do it. So we're watching Alita today because we asked our listeners what they wanted us to go check out. We gave them an option between Happy Death Day to you and Alita Battle Angel. We put that poll up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and Alita's what won. So that's what that's what we're diving into today. Yeah, it started out neck and neck, and then uh, later in the day, it really pulled ahead. Ended up being like 75-25. Yeah, it was 50-50 at one point. I put another tweet out there being like, okay, let's not leave this at 50-50. <laughs> so that's why I had to rush out and uh, and see it today. Yep. So let's go with our letterbox blurb. When Alita awakens with no memory of who she is in a future world she does not recognize, she is taken in by Ido, a compassionate doctor who realizes that somewhere in this abandoned cyborg shell is the heart and soul of a young woman with an extraordinary past. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, who's done Sin City, Desperado, Spy Kids. Uh, The other kind of big influence in this movie is it's produced and written by James Cameron, so that's why you get a lot of the heavy special effects. Um, Might see some similarities to some other Cameron movies. From a cast standpoint, it's got Rosa Salazar, who plays um, Alita, but clearly she's sort of Andy Serkis special effects CGI, so it's her, but not her. Christoph Waltz, Mahershala Ali, Kian Johnson, who is, I've never seen him in anything before this. Jennifer Connelly, Ed Screen, and then uh, I had to put this in here because we just talked about Cold Pursuit in our last episode, and we had a 90s cameo of a guy that showed up in Cold Pursuit, and it happened again in this movie. So back-to-back 90s references, and I don't know if you caught this, but 
the guy that, what do they call him, the Hunter Warriors? The Hunter Warriors with the dogs was Jeff Fahey, the lawnmower man. No, I did not get that. Yeah, it, it took me a minute. I'm like, what? I know this guy. Where have I seen this guy before? And then I, it finally dawned on me later on who it was. And I was like, wow, that's, that's two movies in a row with some, some really bizarre 90s casting going on there. Yeah, I'm not sure I would have recognized him at all, even if he didn't have <laughs> cyborg enhancements. Right. And then, uh, I don't know if you caught this, did you see the Jai Courtney cameo? Yes, he was the, uh, I don't, for some reason, I guess they're setting up the sequel, if that's what they're doing. Um, but he was the the lead motorball player that's trying to win. Yeah, like he was the champion or the... He was most likely to be the champion. That's what they say, who the best player okay. is. They said that that was him. And so I thought we'd see him later on, but uh, we never actually got to a live round. <laughs> right, which is which is one of my uh, complaints about the, the movie, but we will save that for a little bit later. So you're fresh out of the theater. What are your main takeaways from this movie? My main takeaway is that I want to see the making of, and usually I don't watch a lot of those on DVDs or Blu-rays, but I think this would be uh, just mind-blowing because I kept trying to figure out who who and what was CGI and who or what was real. And so I didn't know how they did her. I'm assuming the fighting scenes were, were not because I could, I could tell there, but how much of her was CGI or was she completely CGI? I, I don't know. And it's just one of those, I think that'd be very interesting making of DVDs. Yeah, I thought... Blu-ray specials, if you will. (laughs) Sure. I thought that the effects for her were really cool because I I do agree with you how um, there was that blurring of the line with her between how much of her is real, like is the bottom half of her face real? And then where they did like the the manga eyes, the anime eyes, they just... uh, they just did that CGI. Uh, I mean, knowing James Cameron, I assume they kind of went full avatar and just used a, a new technology and that's probably all CGI, but they, they did make her look really real. Um, as for the rest of the movie though, I, I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed. It wasn't bad CGI to me. I just, I never saw anything outside of her where I was like, Whoa, that's, that's really cool. I need to know more about that. It was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Par for the course for me. Well, with her, so I'm not very familiar with with Rosa as an actress, so uh, I didn't know what I was comparing it to, and so I didn't know how much <laughs> I didn't know what she's supposed to look like without her huge eyes, and so that affected you know what I was thinking was real and whatnot. But I thought everybody did not did, but everybody looked really really good for what they were, except for the uh, the big main bad guy, um, whatever his face. Yeah, he had a weird name. I can't remember it whatever his name was, he looked, he looked off. But other than that, I thought everybody looked really good because it was basically a RoboCop, you know? They, they put their faces over the, the metal bodies. And so it didn't look stupid like, uh, what was it? We were talking Avengers that had a floating heads, you know? Uh, are you talking uh, in, uh, you're talking Infinity War, like when uh, uh, Bruce's head is sitting there floating? Right, floating in uh, the the Hulkbuster armor, you know, it didn't look stupid like that. It looked like it was actually their skin wrapped around a, a robot head. Peter Weller S. <laughs> right. Um, so the guy you were talking about, the the main bad guy, his name was Growishka, and I didn't actually know this when I watched the movie, but that's Jackie Earl Haley playing that. That doesn't look anything like him. 
Yeah, agreed. Um, so I, I kind of am curious to go back and look at that because I would have felt like I would have spotted that. But I, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't, I didn't think it looked terrible, but I also didn't like it. Um, I didn't like the faces on the metal bodies. RoboCop always looked, I, to me, RoboCop looks infinitely more real than what these guys look like. Um, now, maybe that's just the difference between practical effects and CGI, but I was not a fan of the faces on the all-metallic bodies. It it didn't do anything for me. I, I didn't think it looked... I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think it looked bad. I just don't like that style. Um, and, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, whether it's with Aquaman or Ready Player One. I'm just not a huge fan of all CGI worlds. Um, I, I can I can kind of buy into it a little bit. They're just not my favorite. I prefer my CGI to be complementary, where we're watching real people and real things, and then the CGI kind of blends seamlessly into the background. But I know with some of these movies that that's very hard to do. You're creating these whole new worlds and everything, and and the easier thing to do is to make them all CGI. But um, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is like. I prefer things like uh, The Force Awakens, where it's this blend of real life and um, CGI, as opposed to things like the prequels, where it's all CGI. And, and Alita Battle Angel, to me, falls more in the Star Wars prequel camp. You just throw a Force Awakens out there, and then you have a tentacle monster in the middle of it. That looks oh hor- horrendous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying the whole movie is like that. I'm saying like the set pieces, right? Like when they're when they're on the ships and when uh, clearly like when they're out in space, we all know that's green screen or whatever, but I'm saying like when they're on set, there's things that like, you know, are real. And then sometimes the, the, the effects kind of just complement that. But yeah, when you do a tentacle monster or you do um, dumb things like that, I mean, those are going to stick out like sore thumbs. So I meant more on a macro scale. If we're comparing the force awakens to the prequels, one clearly does a better job of blending special effects and the others just create everything with special effects. And I, that's just a low tolerance for me on my on my part. See, I'm that's confusing. Not confusing. I, I'm differing with you on, on both of those because, like, Ready Player One, you're in a video game, and so the whole world looks that way. Uh, and so I kind of let that go because they're in a video game. And then Aquaman, I thought they did, you know, a pretty bad job of making the world look real. Here, I thought, I thought they did, I, and I was expecting to not like that to not like the world building because it's clearly everything is fake but i thought it looked spectacular for what it was i thought the only things that that looked fake were the uh um the the motorball scenes but it didn't i don't know what that's supposed to look like so i guess that could look like that you know and so, so those are things i have to spend the belief on because i've never seen that before but I thought the the buildings, the worlds, the cities, when they panned out, everything looked looked pretty real in their environments. I thought it all looked looked really well. Um, so I, I was very impressed with all the the effects. And I'm not a big, I'm, I'm more of a pr- practical effect person li- like you are. But uh, I thought they did a very good good job with this. Yeah, I think in general you have an easier time suspending you know disbelief, and and you are uh, you, you tend to find yourself. more easily immersing yourself in those total cgi worlds whereas i don't tend to like those um it's not that i i do agree with you that when you go all cgi it it will be easier because you don't have to worry about meshing everything together everything's just all one kind of palette whereas when you're combining the two 
um, yeah, you have the, I think you have the opportunity to do better, but you also run the risk of it really clashing and really going bad. And just in those all CGI worlds, I, I, I get it. And I, I, I can appreciate it like I did with Aquaman, but it's just not my preferred method of visual storytelling is what I'm going after there. That's understandable. Not everybody would be on board for this, but I thought they did a great job for what, what they were trying to do. It's not like a like Final Fantasy is what pops into my head. You know, that looks... Yeah, well, great. that was trying to do it well before it should have ever been doing it. Yeah, and movies like that, I think this is leaps and bounds ahead of what we've seen. Sure. Yeah, I mean, Final Fantasy was total CGI back in the early 2000s, and I, I would consider it more of an animated movie like Beowulf was as opposed to a, a blending of the two like, like this is trying. Yeah, but no, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the visualness, <laughs> if that's a word. That's not, that's not a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the visualness is the one thing this movie has going for it because uh, if you're like me and maybe the visuals just didn't do anything for you, um, and again, I'm not saying they're bad, just saying they didn't do anything for me. Uh, to me, the story uh, and the plot isn't going to help by any means. Well, there's a lot of generic parts to it, but I thought that throughout the movie they got away from that. So it all started like very familiar themes, but they got away from almost all of those, I thought, by the time the movie wrapped up. See, I felt like they just dropped stuff. Um like they didn't really wrap anything up. And part of that was because I think it was bad writing. And part of it was because, um, you know, without, I'm going to skip all the way to the end. I mean, they, they clearly want this to be a franchise and, and have a bunch of sequels because they just lopped off the end of the movie and left it total cliffhanger. So I felt like the writing either trailed off. My, my one example for that would be they never really kind of give you her backstory. They, they allude to things about where she came from, but as she's trying to, I think what they're trying to get across is that she's remembering that she used to be a warrior and she magically can remember how to fight, but they never really give you any of her backstory beyond that. That that just kind of falls by the wayside. And then, like I said, the other obvious is that they just, you know, you mentioned earlier that the the winner of Motorball gets to go up to the planet in the sky, Zalem. Um, and obviously the natural course of this movie should be that it takes you to that conclusion, but they just cut it off before she even gets a chance to, to, to win that. And, and I know I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that because I know that's one of your pet peeves is you're good with movies um, that get sequels, but you don't like it when it just does like the to be continued thing because it, then it becomes not a self-contained movie. Yeah, and I, I really didn't have a big problem with that on this one. And it's a city in the sky, not a planet in the sky, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Why did I say planet? It's clearly a city. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I her backstory, I felt, was more world building than important to the story. We knew she was a warrior from another time. We don't know why she was dumped yet. Um, I'm assuming they're going to get to that, but I didn't need it. Um, you know, things like that. The the story that she was along, I thought they concluded, at least with her direct adversaries. Yeah, there's a big baddie, you know, up in the sky still, but I at least thought that she concluded what she was trying to do. And so they, they had those, you mentioned the different storylines going along at the same time, but I think they wrapped up all of those other than, you know, who she is. And that's just more wanting to know more about the character, which... You can, you could leave it or you could continue it if you want. Yeah. 
a good story does want you to see the next chapter. Um, obviously, this is very more heavy handed. And yes, there could be more. All of a sudden you see Edward Norton in the sky, which caught me off guard. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, that, uh, that was bad. Did you notice him before he took off his glasses? No, but I, I've had that. It's one of those things where you see somebody in a movie and you're like, mm, you are looking familiar, but they never gave you long enough glimpses at him to figure out who it was. I'm like, I, I know you. I know who you are, but I couldn't place it. And I couldn't get the image of Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog out of my mind because he had those little dumb glasses on or whatever. And so every time he'd come up on screen, I, I found myself laughing at the fact that it reminded me of Sonic the Hedgehog. And then also the other half of my brain be like, but I know you, who are you? But no, I did not get it until he took off the glasses. Yeah, I kept thinking he was uh, the nihilist from Big Lebowski. <laughs> yeah, he does look like that. But it didn't look like, like even Peter when he Stormare? took off his glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It, even when he took off his glasses, it still didn't fully look like Edward Norton. Like, I don't know if they gave him some prosthetics or maybe I just haven't seen Edward Norton in a while, but like, I knew it was him, but part of me was also like, it kind of isn't you. Well, long blonde hair does not become him. Yeah, I couldn't even tell if it was blonde. It was weird. That, it was just, a, it was a weird, like I said, reminded me of Sonic the Hedgehog, mad scientist up in the sky with welding goggles on. I just, but, I, I wasn't feeling that aspect. Well, I'm interested to see what they do with him because he's over 300 years old apparently sure so is he, so is he a cyborg or however well that goes um, i'm interested i'm not sold on edward norton as the bad guy um the look does not scream intimidation to me but okay yeah that that, that really didn't pertain to this story i did so i did like the uh he's always listening through the chip thing mm -hmm. you know and he can just be there you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to possess you and talk through you and then give it back, you know. And so he kind of hops through almost Shadow King-like, but he is attached to yeah, every, see, everybody I, who has that in their head. Not everybody has that, but the ones that he can do, he does. Yeah, I, I didn't like that at all. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of dumb. I don't have any reason other than I just thought it was dumb. <laughs> no, I, I thought that was a, a clever way of having the baddie behind the scene without making him take over uh, on screen, especially if you're trying to do a, a sequel or a trilogy type thing of he's there, his presence is felt. Um, obviously other people are scared of him. I thought it was a interesting way to do that. Yeah. I feel like probably one of the reasons why I, I didn't care for it is because I felt like Mahershala Ali was the only person in the whole movie I felt was cool. And so when it, came to be that he was just kind of being you know controlled by nova edward norton i was just like well okay really fine. because that was my my complaint really with him so far as an actor is he's not really had a cool role yet and i know he's a good actor but i've seen like luke cage where he tries to be cool but that whole series sucked and it did not do him any favors um and I know he's 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 clearly a very capable actor, but I felt like he didn't get anything cool to do or to any cool scenes in this either, which which I just feel like he's being misused and and things that he's being cast in so far. Yeah, no, I, I actually won't disagree with you there at all. It was more about his look and his style, but to me, I felt like. Not just him. Because he looked like Matrix to you. That's why you liked it. No, actually, no. It's not the Matrix that I, I couldn't get Blade out of my head. 
Like every time <laughs> I saw him on screen, I was like, oh shit, we have the new Blade right here. He did. He did. Blade was on TV today as well, and so I just caught that before we <laughs> went to the theater. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, if Marvel does not hire him as their next Blade, they are making a super big mistake because I think he would be perfect, and I think that would finally be his cool role. Because um, you're right, in this movie, he's not he's not given anything cool to do. He's not really given any cool dialogue. I just liked his style that they were giving him, and it, it felt very much like. Even if you just took him, like somebody's going to make a fan edit of him from this movie as Blade somehow, somebody with way more skills than us, and it's going to actually look halfway decent because it, it, it looks like a cool style. But I feel bad for, I mean, Christoph Waltz needs to stop picking bad movies, but we know he's a good actor. Jennifer Connelly is a good actress. Mahershala Ali is a good actor. But again, I'll, I'll make another prequel Star Wars comparison. I think Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman and Ewan McGregor are good actors. But when you're given crap for dialogue and crap for scenes, um, there's only so much you can do with it. So I don't really put this on the feet of the actors in this movie, but I felt like everybody was stiff, underutilized, and not cool. I liked Kristoff as the doctor, now as the the hunter killer, the hunter warrior. I already forgot. Hunter... Yeah, Hunter Warrior. Hunter Warrior. I mean, he's he's not a very you know what Hunter Killer is. Yes, yes. Thank you, Gerard. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, As a Hunter Warrior, I mean, he's not a very believable Hunter Warrior, um, but I think he makes a really good doctor, father, you know, robotic person. So that was all believable. But the fact that he's been hunting robots at night for years, I didn't quite believe. But I really, I really enjoyed him in this too. What do you think of the? The giant hammer with a rocket on it. I understood why there was a rocket there, but the, I felt like they didn't utilize it for its purpose. Yeah, it always, even with the rocket, it always felt like it was in slow motion. Like you never got the impression that there was a lot of force behind it, despite it having a rocket. I agree completely. I thought that he was going to fire that up against the big guy and show it whipping around, you know, to give him some extra oomph, but it never really did that. <laughs> yeah. Because then you're like, okay, now I believe that he's a, a hunter warrior because he's got these cool gadgets, but it didn't really work that way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I can I can live with Kristoff as the, the brainy scientist who puts together a cyborg. I cannot live with Kristoff wielding a big sickle uh, awkwardly. <laughs> I just, I can't. Well, and Jennifer Connelly felt kind of out of place to me. Uh, I didn't believe that she was ever married to Kristoff. Um, I didn't believe that she was a... Uh, what a robotics scientist i didn't believe that she was bad but also good i i just didn't i like jennifer connelly i just thought her just i don't know if it was the character the way it was written or or what but i didn't believe really anything about yet and she had no reaction for and i guess they didn't really no one told her the girl's name was alita you know she just knew it later on in the movie and i was like that would have been a, an interesting scene to hear that he named her her daughter's name, but they didn't do that at all. No, there's no. Uh, this movie was not one for like thematic callbacks or anything like that. It, it's pretty lazy writing, and I I didn't have a problem with Connolly until they just the scene where Alita's boyfriend, who he's the he's the worst actor in this movie. Uh, every scene with her and him was miserable poor you know what it reminded me of um when uh, god i keep hammering on the star wars prequels but when alita takes her heart out and she's like here you can have my heart which really felt awkward 
it reminded me of Padme saying, you're breaking my heart, Anakin. I was like, this is so bad. Uh, he reminds me of a poor man's Liam Hensworth. Uh, I wasn't getting that vibe, but if by poor man's Liam Hemsworth you mean a bad actor, I I can get on board with that. He, yeah, I, I just didn't like him at all. It didn't make sense when he went back to stop his friends from cutting a robot at that particular time that they were doing it anyway. It's not like he was involved in that. It, right. Yeah, the timing of him turning was weird. Like they could have yeah. been on. That. So could have been watching them and saying, "No, now I'm going to stop." But he was he went out of his way to avoid murder ball because i think that's what it should have been called but there it's already a murder ball so they turned it to motor ball and i keep thinking in my head right. murder ball, but um he was on, like her big her big day he's like now i choose the time to go save or to tell them to stop cutting this one up like that was weird to me that wasn't set up right yeah I, so i i totally agree with you on that and then that actually kind of brings me back to my initial point where i went off on a tangent about jennifer Connolly is i don't i i can look past most everything but when she drops in on that scene after uh, Hugo, who's the boyfriend, after he dies and she just magically comes in and has a change of heart about Alita, who she didn't care for or whatever throughout the whole movie, and she helps find a way to use her surgical skills to make it seem as though Hugo is dead so that Alita can carry his head and get out of there. Like That was the most lazy writing ever. There's, they don't explain why she would magically turn good. And then she just happens to have the skills to be able to pull off this stunt. It just felt very, felt very lazy in the sense that the writers wrote themselves into this spot. Like, what's the way we can get out of this? Well, we'll just have Jennifer Connelly turn good and we won't really explain it. Well, I liked, I mean, she knew how to do it because she's been building these creatures forever. So I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm not, I just feel like, yeah, her motivations were off. And maybe I don't want to turn this into a, Batman versus Superman type thing where you say the name Martha and then all of a sudden they change of heart. But if that's when she learns like what her name is or what he's named her and maybe she has some connection to her daughter, even though she doesn't have her daughter's body anymore, you know, I, I don't know, something along some tie in to say, why is she helping now? I, I, I don't, well, I, yeah. I guess, I guess we do know why because Mahershala Ali said, uh, he laughed and said the promise to go to, um, the iron city in the sky he laughed as if nobody goes there you know yeah it's still very very weak it's 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 a little little flimsy but i was i was okay with it i was mad that he didn't just die right there but i am glad that he died yeah he needed to die but so i I thought i was like oh great he's gonna get a robot body and they're all robot bodies happy together cyborgs whatever and i was like that stinks and then he dies i'm like okay i got a second chance of him dying and so i'm glad he died at least at least i hope he's dead yeah. He doesn't come back in a sequel. Yeah, well, anybody that falls off into the dust like that can never be guaranteed to be fully dead. That's true. <laughs> so the other point you brought up, um, one, I say murder ball too because it sounds cooler, and I actually left the theater thinking it was murder ball for some reason. And then when I when I was going to write up my notes, I'm like, is it really murder ball? And then, no, it was murder ball. Yeah, there's copyright issues if they call it murder ball. <laughs> the other aspect of it is that i just hated it it like when they first started playing it in the streets i'm like oh my god are we on jet powered rollerblades like is this 1992 why do we think rollerblades are cool all of a sudden and then when i went home and read about the movie and the fact that it's uh you know manga and anime from the early 90s it makes all sorts of sense i kind of wish they had just changed that because i just laughed when they were on rollerblades and we've got this big huge event all centered around rollerblades <laughs> were you waiting for? Chris Klein to show up. 
<laughs> yeah, from, I don't. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of Rollerball. I mean, <laughs> and I couldn't think of anybody else in that movie. LL Cool J. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So I don't know. I, did you like that? Because I, I really, really did not like uh, one just the sport of motorball, and then two how it was the center of everything. And again, that kind of felt Ready Player One ish to me, and that you had this sport slash competition in the middle of everything to get you to you know in ready player wants to find the easter egg and own oasis or whatever and this it's to be able to get your ticket up to zalem the city in the sky just i don't know it didn't seem like like in ready player one that's the main theme you know because that's they're going throughout the entire movie that way and everything else seems on the side this you know murder ball seemed on the side it was another thing that happens but it wasn't the main plot because they really they only played it twice one on the streets and then one on her practice day or her tryout or whatever i felt like there was another one but i'll trust you on it since you just watched it i mean they they flash i mean she wasn't in it she was only in those two but they flashed um a scene of it just so you get an idea of what it was earlier yeah i don't know but i just didn't when they were watching it okay and the other thing about murder ball here is as a spectator sport that's terrible because <laughs> she was, you know, they, they were, you know, roadside, I guess. And as big as that was, and when you're all you're looking for is the fights, you know, you can't see anything from where you're sitting there. <laughs> oh, it was a terrible spectator sport. It's not like NASCAR where, you know, you kind of can see and then come around and see who's, who's winning at the time. You know, this is you want to see the fights and you're so far away from all these turns. They couldn't see. I didn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, I guess going back to all this, I felt like when I saw the trailer for Alita Battle Angel, and I've only seen it once, and it was like, I think it was honestly a year ago when I saw it, and then this movie got delayed. I felt like there was going to be more kind of hand-to-hand combat, like she's a warrior and she's going to go like actually get in fights, and, and I know she gets in some some skirmishes with these other uh, hunter warriors, but when Murder Ball showed up and I felt like it was a big portion of the movie centered around murder ball like i know two different murder ball i know two different things are happening at the same time but like i i felt like oh really that that's it like at least if it had been some gladiator style robot jocks warrior battles you know going on i guess i would have thought that was a little bit cooler but just the idea of settling things by rollerblading seemed just too much well i'm glad they didn't do the gladiator arena type thing because that's way overdone at least this was supposed to be a sport and i guess you go up to the major leagues is how i i viewed it um and so it's not supposed to be an all-out blood fest they just turned it into that for her type of thing i mean yes people get hurt and and or killed but it's uh it was basically i i felt that on earth was the the miners and then the best players got to go up to the majors. That was my interpretation of it. Yeah, and, and that's that's a fine interpretation. I guess when I go into a movie thinking that we're going to have some fights and some CGI swords and battles, like it doesn't have to be a gladiator thing. I'm just I would rather it be a take on something like that than a take on rollerblading. Like well, when but... I say it out loud, it's just it's just laughable to me that it's like we're going to have these epic rollerblading scenes. But that was such a small fight scene compared to the rest of the fight scenes. I mean, I don't know. I, I felt like I felt like motorball took up a lot. I think you're overestimating the motorball scenes. 
because well the, i think it's it's the combination of the motorball with i felt like the lack of other fighting scenes is kind of where i'm going really because i thought there's a lot of fight scenes and i was really impressed with all the fight scenes with with her and what she oh. was doing and so she had on the the streets where we first saw her fight and then we had in the bar where her kicking everybody's butt then in the sewers down there where she gets destroyed and then the end of the motorball scene where they're not motorballing anymore they're off on their own you know i just thought there's a lot of a lot of fight scenes that didn't involve that yeah i don't know i wasn't <laughs> impressed with any of the action to be perfectly honest whether it was motorball or non-motorball that surprised just, me i thought it was, it, thought it, it was it, really good no it kind of it kind of felt transformers to me at times because everybody's all robotic and stuff cgi and i just i don't know this is just not my kind of movie is where i've kind of landed over the years i thought that was going to be your take is a transformers-esque you know cgi fest but i like that she was quote-unquote real yes that will be my caveat on this movie is that it's a cgi fest but i none of it's bad it's just not for me and i did like her cgi so i'm I, i will say that all right, so we running out of things to say? I think we run out of things to say. All right, let's get to our questions then. I am Thor, son of Odin, and as long as there is life in my breast, I am running out of things to say. Are you ready? What did you rate it and why? Uh, being as I just left, so again, I haven't marinated over this, but I'm at a at least a three and a half. I don't think it's worse than that. Holy... Rap. Yeah, I'm at least a three and a half out of five stars. Ugh. Thank you. Yeah, oh, I, I really enjoyed her. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, the fight scenes. Uh, I liked that he died. And I hope he stays dead. But at least in my my mind today, he's dead. Um, I thought that'd have been really cheesy had he not died. So I'm glad they did do that. Um, I thought they I just I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Yikes. Well, we're pretty far off on this one. Uh, I'm at a two. You at a two? Yep. That's, wow, that's like close to never watching it again. Yeah, I won't ever watch this again. Wow, that's a shame. That's where it's at for me. That's a shame. Uh, you know, I. it's weird because I, I would expect that. Not even average? I get, no, no, I didn't like it at all. Um, wow. I, I felt, I mean, we've talked about it all. I, I felt like the story was really lazy and I, I didn't like any of the, the writing. I didn't really think any of the acting was very good. The only thing that I really liked was um, her special effects. Everything else just kind of felt kind of just, I don't know, run of the mill for me. There just wasn't anything special. I feel like when when you and I disagree on some movies, there's a, a lot to argue about with with this. I feel like it's very much like Ready Player One where um, your your take on CGI movies is just different than mine. I, I've my tolerance keeps going down and down, and you have um, it doesn't bother you like it bothers me. And so, when I don't really care for the overly CGI world, no matter how well it's done, I thought the acting was stiff. I thought the writing was a little lazy. Um, the action didn't really keep me invested. So there just wasn't a lot for me to like about this movie. But I I can see why people would like that if you're okay with um all that CGI world, if you didn't think it was overly cheesy like I did with the motorball, there's just things for me just started to stack and stack on top of each other, things I just didn't really care for or like, and the few things that I did just weren't enough to outweigh it, but I can see why people would like this, and I think it's just more of a, 
a, a substance like a style difference is what it is so despite being like a star and a half apart i i'm not i don't know i i, I think we we could sit here and argue all day about whether the motorball was cool or wasn't or whether the other cgi besides her was relevant or not but in the end that's just going to be i think a, a pointless discussion so i can see why you're at three and a half and honestly i i'm the outlier on this one from what i've seen on letterboxd and imdb and twitter and everything else a lot of people are at three three and a half four on this movie i i'm the outcast here interesting so what would what was your favorite moment then uh anytime mahershala ali was on the screen because then i just started thinking about a new blade (laughs) i kept every time i saw him i kept thinking do something cool you know i'm waiting for him to do something cool and he didn't but yeah you know one of these days he's gonna get a role that he does something cool because even true detective he's not cool i mean he's good but he's not cool you know agreed yeah he needs that. He needs uh, kind of like The Rock. He needs that one role that's really going to set him apart. Um, obviously, The Rock's a lot more charismatic, but the, those guys that are always in need of just that one role, and I think Blade is his. Could be. Could be. Yep. What was yours? Uh, I think the first time she fought, I liked the way she fought. Uh, so I guess it was in the alley of um, when she say when the alley when they first uh, encountered the the Reavers, if you will. Um, yeah. They, uh, I just liked her style. I didn't like that they named her style, but I liked that uh, the way she fought. I thought it was pretty cool. Oh, okay. And her just her just just her look during that. Okay. Uh, what's one thing you would change? Um. Uh, well, I would have uh, made the boyfriend Hugo. You know, I would have just Hugo. I would have made him just end up being a dick you know <laughs> yeah and so, and so she finds out that he's a dick and he's a dick and she's crushed or whatever and then he dies you know however he dies whatever but they're really going down that line of even still after loving her he still sold her out and put her in the motorball you know and so when uh, Mahershala was talking about yeah he still brought her here he, we got what we wanted and he was she was there to die basically uh, I just wanted him to turn out to be be a dick and then die that's what I would have changed. Yeah, I think that would have been better because I felt like their relationship was really, really flimsy, rushed, and very like Disney esque. Like there, there was nothing to it. It was just like things happened because they were just supposed to happen in movies, not because it felt real. Yeah, I, I, I could see her side. You know, first, first boy she's ever met. You know, falling head over heels and kind of a, a warning sign of hey, guys are dicks. You know, and she, and she takes that lesson hard. But he was just a. Uh, yeah, I would have liked him to do that. Yep. What one thing would you change? I would have gotten rid of Motorball. I hated everything about it. That's fair. Yeah, I just, it, again, I, I, I cannot be sold on the idea of futuristic rollerblading being something I want to watch in a movie. Some people enjoy that. I probably would have enjoyed it in 1992, but <laughs> in 2019, uh, rollerblades uh, are laughable. <laughs> so what uh what one casting change would you have made well I, I made sure this time because the last two episodes you called me out for not having a replacement so I, I came up with one and i have a replacement so i would have taken christoph waltz out um because i think he's a fantastic actor we talked we you know we raved about him on our inglorious bastards episode um a few few episodes ago the guy is an amazing actor but out, outside of tarantino and a few other movies he just he picks really bad movies, and I felt like while he was fine in this movie, I agree with you that I, I didn't think he fit the warrior aspect of it. And the other thing that bothered me was 
His name was Ido, which he's clearly supposed to be Asian. I'm assuming specifically Japanese. So it kind of bothered me. I was like, well, why did why cast Christoph Waltz? Let's get a, um, a Japanese actor in there. So I want to replace him with Ken Watanabe, who everybody knows but may not know by name, but he's uh, Katsumoto in Last Samurai. He's Saito in Inception, and he's the the main monarch doctor in uh, Godzilla 2014. So I would I would do a swap there. That's a good choice. He's a he's a great actor, and he does fit the the warrior ness of it. And Ito, yeah, and him wielding a big hammer would would be kind of more more believable, right? Right. But you know, it is you know twenty five sixty three, you know the year twenty five sixty three. So maybe Ito is a you know, German name at that point. <laughs> well, the movie, uh, the, the, the manga uh, takes place in America. And actually, I, I read online that the scrapyard where he finds her is actually in Kansas City. That, that fits. Dump all their crap here. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're known for our junkyards around here. <laughs> Interesting. What's your casting change? Um, well, again, not, not a lot of time to, to... I wanted to replace Jennifer Connelly, but I couldn't think of somebody who would fit. Um, that role off the top of my head so i went with uh with hugo i got rid of hugo and and i if you're gonna go poor man's liam hensworth you might as well be a a liam hensworth so that's what i went with (laughs) when you said that i was wondering if that's where you if you were gonna pick anybody other than liam hensworth i was gonna (laughs) call you out on that because if you're gonna say poor man's liam hensworth and you're gonna recast it then then just get liam just go ahead and do that i don't think it would change the movie at all or me like the character anymore but uh um i probably would swap out edward norton if i had more time to think about it and put somebody who looks a little bit more more badass up there but uh on short notice, that's that's my change. Yeah, I, I don't mind that at all. Hugo was was no good. I feel bad for that guy because I've never seen him in anything, and I, I don't really like trashing on people. And again, I think the script didn't do any of the actors any favors, but that guy is not going to come off well after this movie. And I mean, I don't think it's it's he necessarily was a bad actor. I, I don't think he, I don't think he did well, but I don't think it's a hey you ruined the movie guy. I just think it was his his plot line that kind of stunk. Yep. I, I agree with that yeah. too. What award are you giving this movie? Uh, so I am giving this, I mean, is this one of the longest movies in, in development? Is that what we, we decided? Uh, it's a 20 year development type movie. When I went and looked at that today, uh, they said that James Cameron bought the internet domain for it in 2000. Oh, so that, I mean, he started it then. No, but there was, uh, I think when I read up on this, it sounded like he was actually, this was going to come out when Avatar originally came out, but they they kind of shifted course. But then even quickly after Avatar, uh, they were already working on this uh, as far back as like 2010 and 2011. So yeah, it, it definitely has taken a long time to get this movie out. So I'm going to go best movie with rollerblades. Ooh. Hmm. I, I I would need to know what percentage. Uh, if it's just with rollerblades, I'm pretty sure I could find a better movie with rollerblades. With rollerblade racing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what about the original. Uh, well, I guess James Con that rollerball probably didn't have rollerblades. Probably had roller skates. But it wasn't good. I've seen that. I've seen both rollerballs. If if you wondered. Uh, I know there's Prayer of the Roller Boys in the early '90s with Corey Haim. It's not really a sport though. They're just like a roving gang. Yeah, and I can even like Dogma. They roll around and. Rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, that's true. 
I don't know. Again, short notice. I apologize for that. Uh, maybe I'll come up with something better by our next podcast and throw it in there. But that's that's what I had. What would you come up with on two days of thinking? I said the best lifelike representation of anime or manga style. So basically, I've never seen anything outside of full animation with like the huge uh, anime eyes. style eyes. Yeah. And I felt like that was going to be really annoying to me when I saw it in the trailer, but I actually felt like it w- it came off kind of cool in this movie. So I think I think that's what I'm giving it. No, I, I agree. I think that was something that I really thought was going to bother me as well, and uh, I did end up liking it and her. I wish I wish I had more exposure to Rosa before that, just so I can know how much it changed her. But uh, I thought they did a really good job with that. I concur. Yeah. So. What'd you pick? If you liked this movie, you would also like what? So I said Avatar, um, mainly because a couple things. One, I feel like if this movie had come out instead of Avatar, I think people would have lost their minds over it, and it would have been potentially just as big as Avatar. Because um, I think Avatar was just one of those movies that was the right movie at the right time. And to me, I feel like Alita is the right movie at the wrong time. Um, and if you really dive into Avatar's plot, it's it's really kind of flimsy. It, it really relies heavily on the fact that it's like this technical marvel of CGI. Um, because when you come up with something as stupid as unobtainium, um, <laughs> you better have some good effects to overcome that. So I feel like if you like this movie and the CGI spectacle of it all, then I really don't see any reason why you wouldn't like Avatar because that's just full CGI spectacle and, you know, whether you want to call it a Pocahontas ripoff or terrible plot or Disney-esque or whatever, um, you're really on Avatar getting style over substance. Fern Gully. Yeah, Fern Gully too. Good point. Um, Unobtainium, I feel like, was a placeholder for a better name, and then they never did it. <laughs> yeah. So whether whatever the reasons are, I feel like if you like this movie, you'll like Avatar because it's kind of it's more style over substance. It's James Cameron. Um, yeah, so I, I think there's some some dots you can connect there. Interesting. I went, I went, uh, if you like this movie, you would also like Logan. Ew. Cause I went with the, I went with the young badass girl fighting. And then I also went with the reverse with the, uh, the robotic people that she's fighting. And so that's, uh, that's where my mind went when, as soon as I saw the trailer was, was reverse from, uh, Logan and X-Men comics. And so, uh, that's what I thought throughout the movie. And I thought if you enjoyed this, you would definitely enjoy Logan. Ugh, I don't know. So I, I, Laura, <laughs> Laura's a badass in that one. And then, uh, you know, Alita's a badass in this one. I think, uh, I think they fit. So I, I don't, I, I'm not going to say you're like the dots you're connecting are wrong because they're not. I see those and those are fine. I think that the, there's just so much of a drastic difference in tone and obviously uh, violence and realism that exists between these two movies that um, I could see somebody liking this movie. And, you know, if they're not a hyper violence person like that, um, they, they could walk into Logan and be like, Whoa. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a bit, that's a bit bloody. I just can't fathom anybody not enjoying Logan. So it fits. <laughs> well, I know, I know that's where you're coming from, but that would be the, the one stark thing where I'm like, well, you know, Carson's points are right, but if you don't like seeing people ripped to shreds by Wolverine claws with blood spraying everywhere, then you know th- there is that that could hold you back from liking this. No, no, I'm staying by it. <laughs> You're sticking <Yeah>. with it. <laughs> All right. Well, 
I kind of thought you might like it more than me. I didn't know if you'd like it that much because I, I have a hard time reading these CGI movies and what people are going to think about them. I'm the oddball out. Um, I'm not going to argue with you a lot over this one because I think it's just a, a preference thing as opposed to really breaking down a movie. I, I have no legs to stand on for why I didn't like the CGI or think it was awesome besides her. Um, I just didn't like the plot and, and, and murder ball and that didn't bother you as much. So we're, we're pretty far apart on this one, but honestly, I don't have the energy to argue about Alita because I don't care. <laughs> well, I, I didn't, I knew murder ball was going to be a, a thing for you and I'm glad that it was minimalized in the movie. Um, it wasn't the, the full focal point of preliminaries and then the finals and then the championship race. And I'm glad they didn't go that route. It was just, to one on the streets and then one in the the arena and so i'm glad they did it that way all right well i guess we have uh have our listeners to thank for that for for voting again in our twitter facebook and instagram polls so they they got me to go see this instead of happy death day yeah do you think happy death day 2 uh is uh would be better than this it's got to be better than a 2 yeah i mean better yeah probably i think i would at least enjoy it a little bit more i mean I hope it's a little bit tongue in cheek and they're not trying to be overly serious about it. Cause from the trailer, it looks like they're just doing the same thing over again, which at least 22 jump street, when they did that had the courtesy of making self-referential jokes the whole time. So I'm, I'm hoping it's that kind of entertaining. Um, I don't expect it to be overly good though. Yeah. I feel like she does that throughout the trailer. So I think she'll do that throughout the movie as well. Right. So maybe uh, depending on what release schedule looks like, maybe, you know, even though everybody voted for Alita this go around, it may be that we just we have to go see Happy Death Day, too. So in the end, I guess the both options could potentially win in this poll. But everybody voted for Alita. We gave him Alita first. So you're welcome, everybody. Thank you for making me suffer through that. <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for us on this episode. Uh, be sure to go out, subscribe to the podcast and definitely leave us a rating or a review on um, the Apple podcast store. Reach out to us at two views, movies at gmail.com. Check out our spoiler free written reviews on two views, movies.com. And we will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good. Something bad. Bit of both. Bit of both.